big news too. Go on. Well, for listeners out there, there's an app on Facebook called COVID Pete. It's oh, one word, right. capital P. And the, the data's accurate. It's got to be someone from inside. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, vaccine passports will be rolled out to all Australians by the federal government from October as the country prepares for international travel. Ooh. Australians will be able to board international flights once 80% of the population is fully vaccinated. Well, that's oh. exciting. So if you haven't got COVID, pe- people, get it, because it uh, gives you the stats before you hear them on the radio, if you're interested, because I understand there's a lot that aren't. Clear enough, you said if you don't have COVID, get it. Don't, don't get COVID. <laughs> well, nobody wants COVID, mate. <laughs> that's what you just said. Certainly <laughs> not get the, the, foot, get, Melbourne get the football vax. club. Get, you. get vaxxed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Don't get COVID, get vaxxed. <laughs> Nobody get vaccinated wants, against no. COVID. Yep, no, that's it. Don't get COVID. I get a bit tongue-tied sometimes. <laughs> You're very good. <laughs> Not I'm good only, a, good only a... Only a public school boy, mate. <laughs> good for when you on radio. We used to go to Max's sister. She was behind the school. <laughs> What? Yeah, we used to wag. Oh, right. Yeah, back through the back fence. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was not surprising. Fond one memories. Bit. Oh, good on you. Right, well, let's uh, let's straighten things up. Uh, we are now going to chat to a superstar, former demon, played 228 games for the Mighty Football Club, friend of our shows, and that is Mighty Russell Robertson. G'day, Robbo. <laughs> G'day, gentlemen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love the idea. Don't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just want people to be aware of that. Yeah, just saying, Robbo. I'm just saying, mate. <laughs> yeah, where's the first place you'll be travelling overseas when you can again, Robbo? Oh, gosh. We were um, booked, guys, to go to Hawaii um, around about uh, uh, two, uh, a month after COVID hit we're on a cruise. So kind of dodged a bullet there and... Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably um, redeem that trip if it, if, if it comes to pass. I hope that uh, I hope that it opens up, opens slather pretty soon because you know I feel I'm the same as everybody. It's been pretty rock solid, hasn't it, for everybody? Oh, and mate, it's horrible. We're sick of the kids. We're sick of the uh, four walls <laughs> of our houses, and uh, we want to get on with it. Yeah. We certainly do, we certainly do. But one thing's making us happy at Robbo, and that's the Mighty D's. Um, unbelievable mm. season they've had. It's just been so much fun. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Uh, look, I'm, I'm staying positive, you know, about the fact that we can't go and watch them. I think, um, you know, it, it is. it sucks for a lot of long-term supporters that have been there through thick and thin. I think that sentiment's not lost on all of us, and, and, and I still work for the football club, and the football club's desperately trying in an administrative sense to, you know, to come good and help the supporters uh, feel like they're part of it here in Melbourne because what... I mean, I've seen it firsthand with my role since 2009 uh, when I took the boots off the last time, um, you know, and, and worked in the uh, marketing department, how dedicated supporters really are. You don't know it as a player. You don't see it. You sort of see them in the stands, but it kind of ends there. But it's so much more than that. It's so deeper. And I've come to learn that and I've come to love that and I just I'm doing all I can where I am to, to make our supporters feel like you know, if we do go all the way we're not there yet, long way to go, two weeks if we do go all the way they should feel like like Andrew Gay said about that bronze medal that a lot of people have got, you know, DNA on this victory, so you know, fingers crossed they keep rolling They're looking alright, Russell, so you did a bit of marketing down there at Melbourne Gosh, Yeah, been there since uh, probably about 2013 have you um, got um, have you got the Melbourne Demon emblem on some snow skis? I reckon they'd fly out the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Still going with that joke, Robert? 
double shocker. You can't go to the snow fields at the moment, even though it's bucked <laughs> up there. And they can't, can't go to the through. footy. <laughs> horrible theory, me. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing, a terrible thing. They're telling, I'll tell you what, though, they're selling out of Grange at all the uh, BWS's, <laughs> and uh, that's all gone. Yeah, the cheese platters as well, they've I've seen everything just gone as well. They're real disappointing. Hey, uh, so, uh, Russell, let's talk about 2000 because I'm an Essendon man. I don't want to change the mood of the room, but I am interested yeah. in, in the psyche of that game because clearly Essendon came out of 1999 the best side, even though Carlton knocked them over in that prelim. Then they went yeah. unbeaten in 2000. It's a mighty effort. Nearly. Nearly. Oh, dogs beat us. Yeah. Uh, it's a mighty effort, though, to make the granny. It doesn't matter who's the favourite. What was your actual mindset before that game? Was it one of belief? Yes. Um, I think we all sort of felt that it would be a huge mountain to climb. Um, we knew that where Essendon were, and they say you've got to lose one to win one, yeah. and they certainly did that, Essendon, and then uh, Carlton ruined their party when they were probably the, uh, the favourites that year as well, and then they've come out and said, well, we're not going to let that happen again, and we were the ones that were trying to make it happen and uh, knock out, and, and it just sort of obviously it didn't eventuate, but, but we thought, well, you know, Essendon sort of, they did it, and maybe we'll do it next year, and, you know, your career goes by so fast, next yeah. thing you know, it's done and we were so close a few times it just it needs everything to go your way and unfortunately for us it's, uh, it never did this year though maybe maybe we dare to dream you were obviously quite young in that grand final, Robbo, and you played in your first ever final series as well at just 18. What's that sort of like as a young player? Is it overwhelming? Like, how do you experience the day differently as you as you get older? Oh, look, it was phenomenal, to be honest with you. I mean, I never really thought that I'd get drafted in the first place. And, and you play for success. Um, we all do. And you play to win finals. Even if you've got sort of a, a, an obtuse view on that, as a young person, you're thinking, well, you know, I just want to play football. I just want to get a game. But you've also got this idea that winning is so much... Winning feels so much better than losing. You feel like you're such a, a pathetic case when you lose because everybody sees that when you play your junior football no one really cares you know, it's just junior football but mm. when you're playing in the AFL and the, the supporters make you feel that disappointment of losing you realise pretty quick that winning is everything and then you've got senior players like Gary Lyon and Jim Stein who are you know nearing the end of their career and really pushing for that success so in 97 when I got drafted we were a basket case we get a new coach in 98 in the Reverend Neil Danaher yeah. And we make a final series and make it all the way up to, I think, third or fourth, which was a phenomenal effort at the time. Um, I think 98 was probably our, you know, our best chance in terms of a good mix of age. Yep. 2000, we were too young, yep. you know, and then it was really up to 2001, 2003 for us to, uh, to capitalise on that premiership clock, clock thing that we weren't able to. So, yeah. you know, it's phenomenal to run out on the, uh, on the MCG with all your supporters there in, in their droves. It's so loud. Preliminary finals are the best. Yeah. And that's what we got this great. week. So, yeah. Well, gee, I really can't explain it. You should just, sort out Geelong. We'll do. We'll sure. But, um, just, I'm fascinated by what you just said then about the 98 team because I've always thought the 98 Ds were, yeah, they're, they're one of the better teams that Melbourne have produced because, yeah, it's just had the blend of age and everything. Mm. I was just... Cause, 
yeah, growing up watching that team go through, it was it was fantastic. But do you find it frustrating that you know in that first final you beat Adelaide by eight goals and they end up winning the premiership? Yep, we still talk about it to this day in our little um, uh, chat groups. We've got a WhatsApp group on past players, and we can I join it? No, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, there's some banter in there. There's some good stuff. Um, if anyone stuffs up in the world. We'll, we'll know about it within seconds because the boys are onto it. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talk about it a bit as, um, you know, a bit of a one that got away. Uh, you know, we, we just had that sort of hill of North Melbourne to, yeah. to climb. There was that mountain as well. It was sort of, you know, the, the, the greatest player of the modern era at coming towards the end of his run. But he was still sort of there, you know, performing. So, you know, we weren't able to get over the top of him in that game, the prelim, and they went on to lose. Which a game that they probably should have won in the grand final as well. So, you know, it was disappointing. But that's, that's sport, and it happens all the time. So you just got to move on and, and make, make every next woman well, the next close to winner. And that's what our boys have got to do right now because they lost the game horribly against the West Coast Eagles over there a few years ago. They've got to, they've got to let that sting and remember it and... Hopefully, use it. You talk about the the way you've mentioned Wayne Carey there. What set him apart? What? Why was he so good? Uh, it was his attitude. I think you know the, the great players are the ones that have uh, an attitude towards success. Um, he, he knew he was the best. He knew he was good, whether he was or not. He he just oozed it. Same as a uh, uh, Brereton, Same as a uh, uh, Jonathan Brown. You know they they. They've got this rare thing, and, 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 you know, a lot of AFL players have that. But the true great have it in spades, you know, a belief at all times that this person is not a patch on me and I'm going to smash them right now. And and I remember playing in an EJ Witten Legends game, just an EJ Witten Legends, just one of those muck around games. Blokes are, yeah. you know, smoking darts in the change rooms and drinking <laughs> beer before the game, you know. <laughs> and, and we're sort of going, oh, this is a bit of a muck around. Yeah. Wayne Carey walks in. Well, I'm playing for the um, the All-Stars, of course, being a Tasmanian. And he walks in in just his shorts. And he's still red, still big, uh, Wayne. Yeah. And he's a uh, big chest. And he, he bellows at us as we're sitting there just relaxing. He goes, we're going to friggin' smash these Victorians. <laughs> 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 and this big, weird look in his, you know, his eyes are way too close together. And he, you sort of think... <laughs> So is his brother's uh, dick. Yeah. I oh, know, oh, he's huge. He's bigger again. And yeah, Dick's big. Yeah. I was ready to run through a brick wall for him. And that, that, <laughs> you know, that's a fair thing. <laughs> hey, uh, just on that, though, so if you extrapolate that out further, you have all these high draft picks that have been superstars their whole life. They get mm. drafted, they go to a footy club. And if they yeah. go to a side like Melbourne or another side that just has the odd one or two a year, they fit in okay. But if you all go to the Giants or one of these established clubs that just start up clubs and they're all high draft picks, does that then cause a problem with the dynamics of the club because they all think that they're the superstar? Yeah. And look, look the history has shown with those two teams that it hasn't worked. You know, you do need to build a culture over over a period, you know, and everyone needs to know their role and have a clear understanding of it. And, you know, the, the turnover rate at the Gold Coast Sun has just been too high for too long, and that's why they've been starved of any real success. Can't retain their players. You can't build a, 
a profile for each sort of player, you know what I mean? Everyone in a business has a clear understanding of what they've got to do on a day-to-day basis walking into the office. You know, players need that as well. And they just haven't been able to sort of create that and a period of sustained success for, for the Gold Coast Suns may come, but it really is going to take their players staying uh, for a longer period. Um, I, I do think that Melbourne are reaping the benefits of a Max Gorn type who, who polarises and, and players want to be around. You know, we've become a destination club because of people like him and Petrarca and, and you know, Vardy and, and it, it just makes people want to come. Everyone has a clear understanding of what they're doing. That's Goodwin and Max and the leadership group working it out over a period of time and it feels like they're in right in that uh, you know premiership clock winning sort of window. Yeah. It would sort of sort of changed when Paul obviously Paul Ruse came to the footy club. Um, what was the first thing that you noticed that he did uh, differently to the previous coaches at the Melbourne Footy Club? Yeah. He bought he bought a um, that ideal of wow, somebody like him is bought in and wants to be a part of it. Well, crikey, maybe I'll stay. Maybe I'll uh, be a part of this. Maybe I'll leave this club and go to where Paul Roos is. So it brought credibility for us, where before we were just a joke. Yeah. You know, we couldn't get anyone of of any, you know, sort of clout yeah. to, play, uh, to coach our club or be a part of our club. Jackson comes in as well, Peter Jackson. Um, and is yeah. a, obviously an amazing uh, facilitator. He was at the ASL for a long time and did a lot of stuff with uh, the VFL and he, he uh, walks in and goes, geez, there's no one of any clout here. I need to get somewhere with some respect. There's no one's done anything. He gets through. And it was a capitulation after that, really. We sort of started to get guys coming to our club. And it culminates in someone like Stephen May, who goes on record today saying he didn't want to stay at a club and just be a, a good 200-game player. He wanted to finish up with some success. And he finds Melbourne, and you know that's where we needed to get to, and that's what we've got. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, yeah that's where it obviously. It oh, they good. And, and you know what I like about Max? Traditionally, in his games, he drifts back, and he can take that right. mark and, and block off their key forwards. But for a while, Melbourne's yeah. been missing, a, you know, a big forward. That's probably you know where, where you lack at the moment. But he then has the ability to drift forward and kick the odd goal. Like he, he plays the role that the team requires. Yeah, and you can't stop that, can you? Because he's seven foot, almost, you know, and you sort of know he's going to do it. You can't stop it. No, he's You know, massive. you can't stop when I was playing, you know, David Neitz when he was on song. You can't stop Jeff White um, jumping like a, you know, a high jumper at the Olympics to take a mark. You know, you know he's going to do it, but how do you stop it? So um, that's what we've got in our team at the moment. You know what Lever wants to do. You know he's going to do it. Yeah. But it, it's it's magical how it sort of comes about. You know, they manoeuvre and work their way around getting him free. And you can't stop it unless you've got some, I mean, ridiculous game plan. But I'm loving what I'm seeing for the boys at the moment. More so, I really like seeing the way they move the ball up the ground. I think it's probably best in the AFL if I'm a little bit biased. You know, they seem to control the ball a lot better at the moment. So... It's good to watch. I think that's, that's why we're winning. Sure. Yeah, it is good to no, watch. it is good. Uh, just to take you back to the second last time Melbourne were in this position, you were playing. It was obviously the 2000 prelim final. And a young man named Jeff Farmer bobbed up and kicked eight, and you would have had front row of that. Was that just magical to watch? Boys, I do a little uh, pre-game blog cast, podcast on my Facebook page. Ooh. Anyone can check it out. It's... Uh, my Facebook, or you can check it out on Russell Robertson Live, and it's uh, just a fan page on Facebook. And I've interviewed in the first week 
Stephen Tingay and David Neese. The next week, I grabbed David Schwartz and Shane Woden. This week, I've got the wizard Jeffrey Farmer and Jack Watts as my guests. Uh, talk about their careers and just do a little bit of a pre-game chat. And, yeah, I mentioned that to him. I said, mate, what I saw in 2008, I'd never seen before. And I was young, and I thought, wow, is this where it's at? Because I don't think I ever saw anything like that ever again. What he was doing out there, he'd he'd got the cheat code. He was doing things, (laughs) you know. It was was something to watch. And that mark over Gary Ryan, oh, Oh, you know. Incredible. Loved it. Now, now we saw, um, obviously, when he went down the slide um, earlier this year, the um, big freeze fly, uh, slide that um, it was mentioned that uh, he was Neil Danaher's favourite. Um, could you vouch that? Oh, he was up there. But he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't safe from a spray, I can give you that much. He copped it just as much as all of us did. You know, our very first game, and this is what I talk about in our uh, talks about how he copped the biggest spray of his life in, in, in uh, Neil Danaher's very first game for us. Tune in and hear about this. It's absolutely brilliant. I was there, and I thought to myself, because need to cop the spray first. Half time this is. Uh, We were in New Zealand playing against Sydney in a pre-season game, whatever they're called, Wizards Cup or Anzac Cup or whatever it was. And um, we were losing and we should have been winning. Neil, in his very first game for us, has come in at half-time and screamed his head off (laughs) at Nita like an absolute idiot with no real message other than to scream his name and then to finish off with, take it as a mark, Nita. You know, Sean the way with the, this pressure that um, you think, uh, you know, that you know all these people are, you know, jumping out of their skin to come into the team, could it work against a player in a side thinking one mistake is getting me out? Yeah, a little bit. I remember it's healthy sort of um, Yeah. I remember um, when I was playing and I knew that there were guys that could easily fill my, fill my role. It was never, you know, a given. You know, that's why it's such a, uh, a hard thing to do. 
play 300 games, you know. I was just so blessed to play 200. I don't know how that happened, you know. It's a, sort of just came together for me but um, you know it, it's really hard because there's 40 guys mm. or guys trying to take 22 spots yeah you, people and came through the them. gates to see you take a grab <laughs> well you know I look um, in my retirement and in my uh, I'm not going to say old age but in my older age now 12 years past but you know I think back of what I did and I'm kind of pleased I was I, you know people get stuck into me about my defensive side and things that I didn't do well but they're also really nice to me about the things that I did do well. So, you know, you take... 200 AFL. Yeah. Doesn't matter, really. mate. 200 AFL games, uh, you know, you're one of the greats. I probably watched all 228 of them, mate, and you probably didn't make too many mistakes uh, not that I can remember. Although Jeremy House uh, came in and tried to yeah. bloody, you know, outdo you for a few marks. But <laughs> nah. have you got him covered? And, uh, he didn't try. He did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look. Guys, you know, can I say... You know the marking and the, the you know taking hangers was was a byproduct of being short. You know I, I did that because <laughs> I couldn't get anywhere near the ball. It wasn't because I liked to take a hanger. It's because I, I had good hands. I've got big hands and and I could take a mark. And my dad identified that early. We did a lot of work on this. You know big drawing feet. out. We, there was ten years of steady hard work on taking contested hangers and and using bodies to get leverage. So that was why I did it, um, just to get the ball and kick a goal. Because, mate, I love the goal but more than the next guy. I love getting my name in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd when and you kick crowd, a goal, it's awesome. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> Hey, Robert, we've probably got to leave it there, mate, but uh, it's been fantastic to chat to you about the Ds and uh, everything leading up to this massive prelim final, mate. Um, uh, it's you know, been an honour again. Um, no doubt you'll be up in the Valley uh, you know, later on this year, hopefully, if everything gets lifted up and uh, performing your best songs. He was just warming up, though, mate. I know. He was talking about his big hands. The next thing was going to be he's got big feet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you, he's just warming up. (laughs) Oh, Robbo, it's been great to chat, mate. And, uh, yes, all the best for the Ds. Good on you, boys. Good luck, mate. Don't get the virus. Don't get coronavirus. Don't get the virus. There we go, Russell Robertson. Superstar from the Melbourne Demons. 228 games. 428 goals. Best and fairest winner in 2003. (laughs) Four-time Melbourne leading goal kicker.